Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of Tabletop Theater. Last time, our heroes found themselves in the middle of an assassination. A rogue gunman proclaims death to the angels and murders the Angel of Pride before being subdued while attempting to assassinate the Kaiser Karnoff. Sensing a greater plot, Lola deftly conceals one of the remaining bullets for future study. The party then splits up, with Drifter pursuing the suspicious Angel of Charity, leaving Chosh, Siegfried, and Lola searching for the other intruders. The culprits, the mysterious Kabuki woman, Gorilla Man, and Walking Skeleton, all confront the party. However, the precipitous tights prove too much for Chosh, who lays dead at the bottom of an elevator shaft. Drifter fares little better, and nearly joins Chosh before barely bringing a crashing zeppelin under control. With no weapons and a man down, things look grim for the Nightingale Watch. Now, let's get back to the action. We come upon a scene of chaos and destruction. The skylight of the Pantheon has been broken through by an enormous airship. Your comrade Chosh appears dead on the floor, having fallen many flights from the top of the skyscraper. A masked kabuki woman licks her wounds as she limps towards her companion, a half-elf, half-ape, who is descended from the remains of the flying machine. Your companion Drifter lays in a heap in a broken table, having just fallen from said machine. Lola is being helped up by her commander, Siegfried, having tripped. And this is where we left off. The first thing that happens is you hear a screaming voice coming from the elevator shaft. It is not Shosh. It is the skeleton man as he descends several, several floors in the fastest way possible. He lands with an explosion of bones that fly across the room and across the elevator on top of Chosh, already salting his wounds, basically. Within a matter of seconds, the bones start to reassemble, piece by piece, slowly spinning and whirling back into position. Let's go to our two companions who are still alive. You are here with Siegfried, and you are here with all of the group of the Nightingale Watch. You have Hildy, you have Brock, and you have... Robin, all are down here. They've just been trying to deal with Hildy's drunkenness and now have been rudely interrupted by you all. We'll start off with Drifter. What would you like to do? I think Drifter first needs to just get up and get to his comrades as he is clawing his way through the rubble. He's kind of in the middle of. He's kind of in the airship's rubble and he has to kind of get out. So he's just going to kind of do that. You dust yourself off. Is there anything else you're doing in particular? I think he's going to run over to at least to Siegfried and to try to get a sense of what's going on. He doesn't, he didn't, uh, he just finding out about Chosh as he sees the elevator shaft. God rest his soul. Uh, so he's just going to run to Siegfried and, you know, ask what's going on. Meanwhile, Lola kind of breaks free of Siegfried's grasps. Get, get off of me. Hildy, Robin, come over here. Robin kind of like is having to carry Hildy, who's still a bit drunk, um, and they're starting to make their way over to Chosh right now. You see the, uh, since none of you did anything to particularly stop them, the three of these figures, you're unaware of who they are, uh, start getting together. They all line up, and then something strange happens. Someone speaks, but it's not the Kabuki woman. 
maybe you think it's her at first because you don't see the other two's mouth moving. Instead, you hear a voice that doesn't fit any of these figures at all. It's an old man kind of voice and says, You've done very well for the champions of the faith. Very well indeed. <laughs> but I'm afraid the game is up for all of you. I'll be taking that trinket of yours, boy. And you notice now who is speaking. It's the puppet, as the puppet hand, in strange kind of robotic motions because it's made of wood, lifts its hand up and points a finger at Siegfried. You see Siegfried kind of put his hand reflexively uh, at his chest where he has the, uh, where he has his sort of like item, the little black uh, vis- viscous liquid in that in that vial, which you guys got after completing the first trial of faith. What do you do in response to this? Trichter's uh, going to instinctively just step in front of Siegfried and motion to at least to Brock to walk over as well, uh, just to stand in their way, not say anything just yet. Yeah, I think Brock understands you pretty well. He eagerly like steps right in front of uh, right in front of Siegfried with you, basically blocking him from view. And while neither of you appear to have any weapons drawn, he flexes and, uh, you know, starts pulling at the arms of his uh, amazing boudoir that he spent so long picking out, ready for a fight. These guys are still armed, unlike you all, it seems. Lola, do you want to do anything? At, at first, I'm petrified at the sight of this talking puppet. It's quite unnerving. Mm-hmm. But um, I stand before Siegfried and the fallen Chosh, uh, also to keep guard. Um, but at the same time, I, I try to usher in Robin and Hildy to get behind me uh, to to look over. Well, to get Hildy to get to take tend to get to, to Chosh, yeah. yeah, to start tending. So you to kind of Chosh. stand. Be- so you stand between these figures and Chosh, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that you can cover Hildy and Robin as they try to tend to him. Yeah, that's fine. The voice sends, says, it "Truly, your devotion to each other is admirable." But it is all for naught. Then you shall die together, I suppose. And his figures, his, his companions, like, move for their weapons. Something else happens at this exact moment. Luckily for you all, what happens here is figures start descending from the elevator. Not, th- not waiting with an elevator. They float down gently, unlike your companion, Chosh. <laughs> you recognize one of them as Diligence. And at the sight of, a, of, a, of another angel here, these, these people, this group, they seem to be on edge. And they kind of look at each other uh, and look at the puppet for, for a decision. And the puppet says, I suppose you luck out this time, then. We'll meet again, sooner than you think, boy. And it opens its mouth, and a, it starts spewing a sort of fog from it. Do you guys make any reactions at all to this? Ew. <laughs> Gross. I suppose that's a fair reaction. <laughs> I'm revolted. Is, is gonna kind of run straight. It's, it's like overwhelming smoke. Yeah, it's it's beginning to like cloud the area of, of, is it of these figures. Is it smoke or is it a fog? He's, he's is gonna, it noxious? It's not. It's, I mean, it doesn't smell great, but it's like a blackish fog, you know? He's okay. going to run enough. straight toward them and pull the knife out that he had in his boot. Sure. Why don't you roll to attack? Twelve. Um, is there a bonus to that? Uh, the Fifteen. Okay. Are you aiming at anyone in particular? Um, whoever is closest. Um, probably the, the ape man. Okay. I will say, well, you actually you strike someone, but it feels weird. 
doesn't feel like you struck flesh. In fact, um, as you strike this person and the smoke starts to clear, you notice that there are, are none of the three figures. They're all gone. But you did stab something else. You stabbed the puppet. Does he speak? Um, it just starts kind of cackling at you. Um, he's going to kind of drop it on the floor. Uh, like, I guess I have it impaled, right? Yeah. He's going to kind of drop it on the floor as in you response. Drop, as you drop it on the floor, you see kind of like a symbol of light kind of glow in its, in its forehead. It looks like an eye that's bleeding. Hmm. And this fades, and the cackling stops. And the puppet doesn't move at all. It appears to just be a puppet now. All right. And they have all the have the uh, kabuki. They seem to lady. Have, they seem to have disappeared. Okay, so I'm gonna check up on the status of Josh, how he's dead, um, and uh, address <laughs> Hildy. Hildy, get a hold of yourself. Get him stable. Um, she says, I'm. <laughs> Trying. And I, I, I and slip off my black glove, I hold her by the shoulders, and I whack her across the face. Get yourself together and do something. Um, and she kind of like starts kind of like crying a little bit, um, and she puts her hands on you, and you see kind of like light coming off of them. Um, we're going to go now to Chosh. You are at the same room of complete blackness, of like black table, black chairs, and black walls. Everything seems unassuming. The face of this person, who I said before, you can't really place, it seems to be everyone at once, finally assumes a form that it settles on that is comfortable to you. What is the face you're most comfortable with? It's the old headmaster of Chosh's school, where he learned to be a paladin. All right, you see this man. Hmm. Uh, he, he's, I assume, like, kind of like an old wizened guy by now. Oh, yeah. Okay. He sits opposite of you. And he says, so... Josh, does this does this appearance of your teacher at all startle you? Yeah, Josh is going to be like Josh is going to say, headmaster. <laughs> Not quite. Does this form make it easier for you to comprehend? I suppose. Have you picked a game? Uh, we've been waiting for some time, Josh. Please. What shall it be? What kind of games do you like? <laughs> I play all sorts of games, Josh. But I'm not I don't particularly like the one you're playing with me now. Quit stalling. <laughs> Pick a game. Well, at your school, we had this game that we used to play, us the the young paladins. Yes. Where we would take a, a dagger and we would move it between our fingers very quickly. And whoever stabbed their hand first lost. (laughs) (laughs) A swell idea. He waves his hand. A dagger appears uh, spawned from the ether here. Well, the nether, really. But uh, he grabs the dagger and he says, Would you like me to go first? Or would you like to go first? I think... uh, Josh, a little bit bewildered by the situation. Please, guests first. Oh... I insist. He slides the dagger over to you. All right, Josh. And he, will and he waits. Apprehensively, sort of wave his hand above the dagger, and then kind of like poke it. It appears to be a real dagger. It's a real dagger. Is it an ornate dagger or just like a generic? It's pretty ornate. You know, it's a, it's nicer than you've ever seen. Wow. 
All right, Josh will hold it and get a feel for it mm-hmm. and kind of put move it back and forth in his hand and put it back down and say, a stagger's no good. Uh, back at school, we used a very standard type of dagger and it made the game fair because we all knew the weight of the dagger and I'm going to need that dagger. Of course. The figure waves its hand. It appears to be that dagger now. Okay. It's just this. It has the exact same weight as that dagger. Generic, lame. Yes. 99 cent store. Yeah. The cheapest dagger you can find. All right. Josh picks it up. It like cracks in his hand. The wood is so bad. And he's like, oh, perfect. And he starts. Why don't you roll? Just a 1d20. Uh, 16. Is that plus dexterity or anything? It's plus nothing. Okay. It's just if you beat me. Oh, man. Unlucky number. You begin starting slow with the dagger, punching between each of your fingers. And you go and you go for a good solid minute, we'll say. It becomes Death's turn. And Death takes the same dagger. And he takes it. And he goes, at first, kind of slowly. But he speeds up to almost unrealistic speeds. But he kind of loses control of it, trying to just show off against you. And he clips his finger. You, you see the cut, but there's no blood. And he says, hmm, shame. Rookie mistake. I suppose you have friends on the other side. You go free this time. But you won't be so lucky in the future. <laughs> and this image starts to fade. Grandmaster, no. In the real world. We go back to Hildy, who is trying to heal Chosh. You, you see his wounds closing, but he's not breathing or anything. Eventually, his angel, Diligence, comes over and he says, Out of the way, foolish girl. And he places his finger, his thumb, on top of Chosh's head. Uh, suddenly, light pours from all of his orifices. All of his orifices? <laughs> <laughs> light pours. Is that his belly button? Uh, <laughs> is yours? Light port. Is what? <laughs> yes, all of the orifices oh, now. Oh, no. This isn't how I want to be revived. <laughs> <laughs> Send <laughs> Hildy back. Um, you suddenly, suddenly, Chosh's body begins to start breathing. The telltale signs of life are there. But he does, his eyes are kind of flickering. But, he, you know, he doesn't seem to be seeing. Chosh. Chosh, can you hear us? Chosh, are you... Josh, you wake up. Your, every, all your vision is blurry. You're in a room that's very white. You don't recognize it. You're in a very soft bed. You see a figure sitting close to the bed, not exactly looking at you. This figure has kind of almost uh, kind of old, like goldish curls, but it's hard to see. The sunlight is so reflecting off of him into your eyes, uh, making it hard for you to see. Do you say anything to this figure who seems to just be sitting, standing vigil over you? Hello? The face comes, like, right up to you, and he says, Josh, I'm so glad you're okay. We were worried sick. You've been out for two days. What? (laughs) Josh, it's me. It's Siegfried. You you fell down an elevator shaft. We thought you were dead. Josh looks up at Siegfried's face and sees it uncovered. And then has a moment of realization and grabs at his own face, which I presume. <laughs> yes, is it's uncovered. Uncovered. Yes. And uh, 
puts the and and sort of like grabs his blanket and shoves it over himself and uh, then sort of presses his face up against the blanket and says, Oh, well, <laughs> I hope I didn't worry, worry you too much, Siegfried. Here, I'll, I'll get the others. They're all just out in the hall. Oh, uh, no, you, no, don't worry. I'll no, no, right no, 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 no. You can wait a second. Uh, do you like look for like some gauze or something? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think Chosh will try and maneuver the, the pillow cover mm-hmm. and, and, you know, slide it off the pillow and slide it onto his own head. Yeah. And enough. then sit I'll up. Start trying to cut eye holes. Yeah. Sit, sit up and try and look, look uh, normal. Sure. Um, we're going to go to the others. Uh, you're all out in the hall doing something or another. Are we in a hospital nearby? You're in a hospital nearby. Drifter, what have you been doing to pass the time, I guess, actually? He is still holding on to that puppet. Okay. Um, and he is just kind of pawing at, like looking at, uh, you know, all over just to s- and try to understand, but has no knowledge of this sort of magic that was involved in this reanimation. So he doesn't really comprehend. I, but I put my hands to my head and I say, Drifter, dear, could you put that puppet away? It's, it's rather disturbing. And uh, you've been staring at it for two days. So uh, I don't think it's going to come back to life, dear. I just, I just don't understand. So, on the bet for if Chosh would live or not, uh, where did you, where did you stand on that? Uh, he, he did not have money on Chosh. He did not have money on Chosh. Who uh, was, who was for me? Uh, let's get to that right now. Actually, uh, Siegfried bursts from the door and he says, "Everyone, Chosh is okay. He's gonna make a full recovery." Um, oh. You hear, you hear Brock say, "Ah, oh, come on." <laughs> I had alive but maimed. This is ridiculous. You hear uh, Robin say, yeah, guess it's all mine then, boys. <laughs> Knew he couldn't die. It's too stupid to let fallen from a building kill him. His body would have to be like, have some sort of brain cells in it to know that he had obviously killed himself. I'll be taking that, boys. And she all kind right, of pockets. All right, I'll pay up. He poc- she like slides the money into her bag. Pleasure doing business, boys. Um, You're all fools. Lola, why didn't you bet? <laughs> Do you think he was going to die? No, I I knew he'd live, though. I don't need to put money on my friend's head. Thank you very much. Now let us go all see him. Lola, what else were you doing during this time? I was fretting. I was worried, sick Mm. about him. Okay. I was trying to talk with all the doctors to see <laughs> what we could recover what his well, the, the doctors uh, have life been like, signs were well the doctors have been always talking about like well we've been seeing about possibly adding a new injection to him i don't think that that's necessary though well, we think I, that possibly the cause of this problem could be that his leg has developed some sort of gangrenous sort of attention it seems to be well it seems to be because of a Large unexposure to the sunlight. I don't know exactly what this man has been For doing. For two most of his days, life. these doctors are complete loons, and they're just trying to fill you up with these. Ah, uh, all Can, of these. In this, how does the angels and the doctors in the scientific world? How did they get along? That's a great question, and I will say because an angel just probably brought him yeah, back to it life. Did. Uh, do they, there's definitely some contention. Okay. You know, part of part of what's going on here is people are kind of having less faith in mm. the angels, uh, mainly because of like the advances of society and like the advances of uh, of countries. People aren't usually as caring as much about this religion as they used to be. And Hildy, what's she doing? You know, Hildy's actually been uh, been been there this whole time. She's she's been taking shifts uh, with Siegfried for the most part. You just were unfortunate enough to wake up during a time she didn't have her shift. But yeah, she's been, she's felt terrible about it. She's like. 
I'll never drink again as long as I live. Okay. Well, Chash seems to have recovered. All right, you... so we all go into him. You do it. You you enter inside of his uh, inside of his ward. Oh, Chosh, dearie, you're all better. Yeah, so I, I just I like wrap to my arms around him. describe the scene you walk in on. Mm-hmm. So it's Chosh sitting with, uh, he's sitting upright. There's a pillow case over his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has his arms crossed. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he's got the, the pillow caseless across his lap. Yeah. As if, it, and he's got his arms, uh, in, he's got his arms like on, crossed arms on top of the pillowcase as if it's uh-huh. like his desk or something. Sure. None of this surprises me at all. <laughs> I'm just so glad to see you well, dearie. It's, it's been three days. Three days. Well, has it been three days? It's been two days. Well, it's been two. It's felt like three days. <laughs> Drifter's going to say, well, you're full of surprises, boy. And he hands uh, Robin the money that he owes her. <laughs> what? What's that? It's good to see you up and about, son. Never mind. It was nothing. Don't worry about it. We're just so happy. I she was giving me some money. We were gonna get you a treat from the vending machine out out back. Is that- what's your favorite? <laughs> what's your favorite? Yeah, what's your favorite? What's your favorite fantasy snack. What's your favorite <laughs> fantasy snack. I really like crunchos. Crunchos. Yeah. All yeah. right. I'm, I'm gonna get those Wait. right now. Josh, what are crunchos? I, they, they sound delicious, but I don't think I've had them. I, I, I don't think I've tried many. Tell of these me three things foods. about crunchos. What are crunchos? Crunchos are um, they're chocolate Ooh. circles uh-huh. that have little bits of like bits. malt in them. So they're Maltesers. No, <laughs> because they also are served on a stick of graham cracker. So okay, just then. Kind of... All right. That's what they are. That's what oh. they are. That's what Josh would like. That's How what many he wants. sticks do you get in a package? Seven. Oh. Mm. Not bad. They're small. Yeah. They're, they're, they're fairly small, yeah. Yeah, nice okay. little snack. Robin goes to get those for you. I, I think I'm just going to like gently pat his pillowcase. Just like, oh, who's a good boy? I'm so, so glad to see you all right. Th- thank you. I. How. It, can. Can Chosh get up? Is that... Yeah, he can get up. Yeah, Chosh will get up mm-hmm. and sort of do that, like, baby horse, like, I'm trying <laughs> to walk, but I, I physically... I like to imagine he's been in a hospital gown with no back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he is, like, trying <laughs> painfully to cover any and, skin. Yeah, yeah, he's, skin. like, fumbling with himself and... and, and um... Take it easy, dearie. You need uh, no, 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 get no, up no. and about right now. In the days following this event, what have you done kind of around town? Uh, Drifter has met up with some old uh, col- over uh, old um, confidants. I don't know a good word for it. Uh, like former partners? Kind former, of former business associates. Definitely not partners. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Um, to With this puppet in, in stow, to mm-hmm. try to get some information about... And he also has a crude drawing of these four figures. It's pretty poorly drawn, but you can tell there's a, a monkey man, a skeleton, sure. a boogie mask, and whoever. Is there anything Have interesting you seen about the assassination? The, the guy who yeah, sure. That's a, why don't you roll an investigation check? Where, are you, where kind of like areas are you searching around for this? Is, are these kind of like unsavory areas yes, of town? Very. Okay. Then you will get advantage in this. Looks uh, like you need it. Uh, roll again, please. The 13. So Drifter. Uh, as you talk to people about town, you get the sense that uh, the only people who really recognize the symbol 
are uh, oddly enough uh, beggars like anybody who know anyone who has anything well to do or any amount of money at all really doesn't seem to understand the symbol at all um but they but those that do you know like these these poor deplorable souls that they are they say that it's uh, one of them tells you uh it's a group that's called the hinin the h e n i n the hinin and they are like a group of uh they they claim to be a group of outsiders who support the common people you know they're against the gods that's what you gather when th- those that have been abandoned by god and by those above they turn to this group so josh this is uh during the, your recovery phase and you're just kind of out in the training yards of of the uh, main palace here you know this giant tower from before you know you're just practicing with the dummy giving it a good uh good beating you know there's like ar- there's like armed guards in this area you know that have just been watching over you just because you were in a very life-threatening situation they part their like lances and they allow a man to walk into the training grounds with you and this man you recognize him immediately uh despite not seeing his face he's easily recognizable by his black armor that you saw before at dinner it's sir frederick and as he walks towards you he does something you've never seen before he takes off his helmet and you see his face and he's kind of he's kind of a fairly average looking guy i mean he's pretty uh pretty gruff you know got like that uh 12 o'clock shadow um his face is kind of cut up a lot with deep scars into it his hair is short and military like and he's he's just walking towards you and like he nods at the guards as as he as he, as they go by they don't seem to care uh and he walks up to you do you have any reaction to this or anything you want to say uh yeah um chosh is going to immediately do the sort of standard military salute for like a higher ranking person to you and stand at attention to try and conceal mm-hmm. his giddiness maybe he's he's bouncing a little bit in his step more than he should be okay so in response to this he holds up his hand you know as if to say like at ease right um i have a question for you though are you wearing your armor you wearing like full suit of armor like your helmet and everything yeah absolutely you don't take it off? Um, I think Chosh will sort of hesitantly move his hand towards his helmet and kind of try and gauge a reaction and see if it's expected of him to take off the helmet. He kind of like shortly nods very curtly. All right. Then Chosh will reluctantly, well, he'll look around first. Is there any what? What's it's just you and these two metal statues that are basically just statues for the most Ch- part. Chosh will take off his helmet, uh, but he'll kind of like keep it held very, at his side. Yeah, held at his side, very close to him, clearly ready to. Yeah, he kind of has this. Back on. He has the same kind of thing. He just holds it in his hand, um, and he says, "I heard about what you did before. Stupid thing, really, to jump down an elevator shaft. Fool thing, really." You know, they say fools rush in where angels fear to tread. Chosh will uh, actually react in a way that he learned at a young age uh, because people don't look so kindly on humans in this world. He's used to being reprimanded for practically everything. So as a defense, he kind of contorts his face in this very pitiful sad i'm sorry i disappointed you sort of a thing uh and and just kind of like takes it he says i suppose even angels have uses of fools though 
Like you and me. What do you, what do you mean? You remind me a lot of myself, you know? I was like you once, thinking I could save everybody. Couldn't even look out for myself. It's easy to get lost when you're following somebody. And he, he looks at you intently at this suggestion. You know, that's some nice armor you got there. I can see you have a few dents in it. You know, it's getting a little scruffed up. Not very professional of you. Do you have any tips on how I can keep it better maintained? Do you know why my armor is black, Josh? Shame. Shame of humanity. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what they say. It's not true, though. My armor is black because over the years of so much abuse of it, being burned, scratched at, broken, it got sick of polishing it. Just painted it black so they couldn't see the injuries. Now your commander, Siegfried, his armor is so pristine. Never seen a dent on it. I think Chosh uh, ha- will... will wear this sort of face of realization. He's already no fan of Siegfried, clearly. And this sort of, like, realized hatred, perhaps. like As if he, the answer was always right in front of him, but it's finally been revealed to him part of why he hates Siegfried so much. Um, and he'll he'll look back at this big old knight in front of him and just kind of give a, a squinting nod in a sort of, I understand what you're saying. And I agree. He, he just nods at you as well. He says, I look forward to seeing your future, Josh. And he, he puts back on his helmet and he walks away. Josh will also put back on his helmet and reflect on how cool that guy is. So, Lola, you arrive at an oddity shop kind of outside of town. Mm-hmm. Uh, this shop is called Oswell's Oddity Shop and Gently Used Antiques. It's a, kind of a bungly shop that seems to be easily supplanted and moved place to place. Hmm. Um, you go inside? Y- yes, I, I... Okay. You enter inside. You get like a mildewy kind of sense uh, from the place, like a smell of, you know, just old, you know, wood and old clothes and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, there's a little antique kind of bell that rings when you come in. It's nothing at all like the stores you've been at in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, in this little shop, you find a, kind of a an aging man who you assume to be is Oswald. And he speaks to you and says, Oh, hey, hello there, miss. Welcome to my store. What can I get for you? Oh, well, Oswald, is it? Oh, yes, it is. Purveyor of fine goods and quality old antiques. Since, well... For 50 years, really. Wow. Well, that's impressive. Well, thank you. He's I, a little halfling man. Ah. I look around the shop, and um, I, I can see that, like, considering there's no room, basically, to walk around, that he's indeed spent 50 years of his life. Easily, yes. <laughs> uh, garnering all these o- so do you have a So, do you have an item you're interested in, or perhaps something to sell? Please. We take all sorts here. All sorts. Eh? Yes, of course. Well, um, I was wondering. I found this singular bullet. 
Um, it's. I, I think it, I take it to be an antique. Do you know anything of you bullets play- and of uh, sure uh, history play- of warfare, perhaps? Uh, sure. You place the bullet on the desk with the little like mm-hmm. metallic thud, and he picks it up and says, "Hmm, let's see." He takes out like a monocle glass, and then there's several other monocles that he kind of flips in front of that that allows him to. I'm sorry, several other monocle glasses that allow him to like flip and zoom even closer to it. it says, "Hmm," and let me make a roll. That's pretty good, actually. It's a 19. Uh, he says, well, I have seen something like this before. Where did you come across something quite like this? He places it back and gives it back to you. I'm afraid I can't buy something like this. It's not that kind of shop, I'm afraid. Where did you come across it? Um, I'm going to say untruthfully that I found it in an antique revolver in my travels far, far from here. Um, you see, I've been traveling all around the world. And uh, yes, it was um, left in, in, uh, after, a, after a battle. Roll a deception check. Yes, deception. 20, not 20. Wow. All right. It says, hmm. What a deceived man. <laughs> well, I, I suppose that it is possible. Uh, so, well, what what exactly do you want with it? I can't buy this from you. Do you know what this is? Well, that's why I'm asking you, sir. Oh, well, this is a. What can I, you tell me? You are you have been in this business for fifty years. I'd yes, like I've to. seen many a thing come through those doors. You never know what's gonna. You know, my years of running this sort of pawn shop. There's only one thing you know, and you never know what is gonna come through those doors. That's for, a, for I, a, I work here with my son, Big Hoss. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you that this bullet, I, I suppose the word is cursed, but I feel that really misses the point. Hmm. You see, this bullet is like an amalgamation of, well, manifested doubt. Hmm. Yes, it's, it's almost like a demonic sort of corruption. It, 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 it claws at reality and is the anathema to all things that live off of faith. Have you seen anything quite like this before? I have. Have you not heard the news, girl? The angel of pride murdered in the middle of a dinner. Obviously, the only thing that can kill something like that would be something like this. He gestures <laughs> to the bullet. Um, huh. You know, I, 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 again, I'm going to deceive him. I say, well, no, I have not heard the news. As I've said, I've been traveling, and I only just arrived in town. Mm-hmm. That's an 18 plus two. You are such a duplicitous person. Wow. <laughs> says, oh, well, like you said, you found this some antique somewhere far off. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm afraid I wouldn't advertise you have such a thing someone might need to inquiries about someone who had an object like this hmm. i'll keep it on the down low since you seem like a fine a fine a fine lass so i won't mention that you brought it here clearly you are not capable of something like murder <laughs> <laughs> clearly not i curtsy deeply and i extend my hand to him and say, Dear Oswald, it is a pleasure making you acquaintance and I do appreciate your help with this matter. I will do as you say and uh, conceal this item of mine. Okay. Keep it out of the harm of those with ill will. All right. We're going to go to Chosh. 
Josh, it has been some time. You've made your recovery. You are now having that performance review you were promised with your boss, oh, Diligence. Oh, no. You are in his office. The big cheese. Um, his office is, that, is one of those temples on top of that skyscraper. Perhaps you get a little bit of PTSD having to go up that elevator shaft all the way again. But you eventually reach the tippity top, uh, far above the... It's above the clouds here. There's uh, several of these temples. Some of them have remained empty for some time as those angels have faded and gone. But yours is still here, and you go to Diligence's temple. That's one of the smaller ones. Um, his, 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 his office is a bit cramped, and he feels somewhat reminiscent of like an overworked district attorney. Um, and he says to you, oh, Josh, I'm very glad to see you're okay. You had me worried there. You know, I, I was going to give you a harder time, but I can see you've been clearly very diligent in your job in trying to protect Siegfried. Though a bit foolhardy, you need to be a bit more careful... You, this is the one life you have. Josh, you can only afford to do something so foolhardy twice more. Now, I've read over the letters you've sent me concerning Siegfried and the progress you've made. I'm glad that you've accomplished the first trial. It seemed to go well without a hitch. But you need to still keep your eyes on that boy. We're still a bit wary about him, being a human and all. We know you can be trusted based on your decisions and your schooling we just wanted to reward your <laughs> diligence with a bit of well as you asked for a promotion you will now be henceforth considered my personal arbiter the arbiter of diligence you are a full paladin now josh we expect you to act more mature be an example for people so josh is of course uh wearing a helmet right now yeah you're back in your regular armor but if he were not you would see a very wide mouth and very open eyes of just like silent excitement and being overjoyed uh <laughs> so you mentioned before that like diligence is like a kind of a fishy person like a shark man yes in a way. Is he is he, a fishy is, guy is he, is he just sitting at his desk is he in like an aquarium what does he do how does he how what does his office kind of look like in that regard it's okay so it, the whole office is a bit steamy have you ever been you know how a bathroom gets right after a sure. shower yeah and there's just kind of like water everywhere mm -hmm. um like like the wall is just kind of like wet like, it's not soaking. Damp. It's damp. It's just damp. It's a damp place. All of the papers dank are, are, are damp and dank. And because it's always like that, um, there's, like, anything important is put in a special, like, glass case. So there's, like, all these, like, special little glass case refuges for books. Mm -hmm. And then anything that gets left on a desk for too long is just completely mm -hmm. illegible. Fair enough. Um, do, you, do you have anything else you want to say to Diligence? Yeah, uh, Chosh is, um, is going to stand up and put his hand out to shake Diligence's hand, which is perhaps not the normal thing to do, but not also like a crazy social faux pas. Yeah, he actually will yeah. this time meet your, meet your handshake. And, and, and he'll say, uh, th thank you so much for the opportunity. I, I won't let you down. Yes, I yes, I get it. Now go. I'm very busy. No, no, I just have one, 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 quick, uh, one quick question. Yes. What do I do if Siegfried actually pulls it off? We'll cross that road when we get to it. Okay. And Chosh will... We'll be in touch. 
Josh will walk out with a extreme stride, uh, get to the elevator, kind of stand in the back, wait for someone else to call the elevator so that he doesn't have to ride it alone. <laughs> oh. right, right. It's interesting you yeah. say that. Oh. Um, because as you wait, you find two people arguing. It's Queen Judith and it's the Kaiser, Karnoff. You hear her saying, now, dear, I think it's unreasonable for you to believe that we had anything to do with that assassination. And he says, I think it's unreasonable of me not to suspect you. Clearly, this is aimed at me and my political allies. I refuse to accept anything less than a full inquiry into your country. Else, I'm afraid that we'll have to resort... Oh. And they cut off as they see you. So Chosh feels like a big man because he just got a promotion. And he'll, uh, as if he's like a town guard finding like two kids fighting in the street, he'll sort of strut up and say, <laughs> well, the arbiter of diligence is here. What's, uh, what's all the hubbub? They, the uh, queen? They, they, just, they just scowl at you and, res- and do not respond. It is an awkward elevator ride all the way down. How long does the elevator ride take? Very long. How long? Like a minute. How long does it take before? It's it's running exceptionally slow. Oh, no. Drifter and Lola, you all meet up together with Chosh and Siegfried. Um, Oh, at at this tower still. Okay. Is there anything? Did you guys have anything you wanted to add or talk to? No. Okay, that's fine. Guess who just got a new title? Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad you heard, Chosh. I've done quite well with, with, with completing the first trial. I'm the arbiter of righteousness. <laughs> hey, con- congrats, Siegfried. You Thank really you. deserved Siegfried it. I've done so well. Thank you. I Ooh, appreciate it. No, 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 no. Oh, Siegfried, you're so, you're so, you're so great. You totally deserved it. Guys, guys, guys. I'm the arbiter of diligence. Oh. All right. It's That's a lovely. Bit, yeah. Hey, it's hey, a, hey, good, hey, good job, Josh. Congratulations to you no, as but, well, dear. Till it, till it. So uh, I, there's good news that comes with this. Turns what? out they've located another one of the, uh, well, one, one, one of the other aspects that we need to collect to finish the trial. But you guys. It's the second stage of the trial, everyone. Uh, righteousness told me it's a fun little vacation to the toxic jungle. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Yeah, D- D- Diligence oh. told me it would be fun, too. Yeah, oh. oh, Diligence told you. Oh, well, then you please explain, Josh. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on your foot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Diligence said that the toxic jungle is very toxic, and I'll leave the rest to you, Siegfried. Oh, oh all right. Uh, well, the, unfortunately, as the name implies, the toxic jungle is horrific uh, on the respiratory system. We'll all have to be wearing these oxygen tanks in order to even walk in it. Hopefully, we'll be able to find the uh, aspect of the god, of our god, uh, quickly, so we won't have to worry about depleting our oxygen reserves. Hmm. But before we do this, they actually have, uh, well, righteousness has bestowed upon us some gifts to help us in our trial. We'll have to go to the Divine Artificer, and he takes you to this man's uh, workshop. You know, there's all these whirring and buzzing machines, strange uh, myths of gas and acrid smells fill the room. Um, There's like whirring cogs all over the place, and there's a man who says, Oh, well, hello. Welcome to my uh, artifact shop. Uh, I'm very excited. I've been working on all of these items for you all. Um, righteousness gave me the uh, lowdown that there would be uh, four people receiving items. I mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I didn't need to make one for uh, 
for a uh, Siegfried here. He's just getting to, he's just getting judgment. You know, the sword that's passed down to hero from generation to generation. But uh, we don't have anything else like that for the rest of you. So we had to make something new. You don't have any more swords? Um, no, unfortunately, that was the uh, only and best holy sword that we have. Um, we do have some stuff for you all. Well, you're all you're all being somewhat rewarded. Sorry, my name is Artemis, uh, the artificer. I know it's an unfortunate. That it was unfortunate, unrelated. I hate that it is like this. Please, just I've heard I've heard it before. I've heard it before. I don't want to hear it again. Now, um, <laughs> so how, defensive. How, you know what? You know, you hear it once. Like, oh, it's Artemis, the artificer. Uh, well, that's a clever name. She's changed it to that. No, it was an unfortunate. You said pairing. rewards. Oh yes, sorry. You wanted to go. Uh, you're eager. How about you first? Uh, for you, uh, well, in service to your uh, your performance at the dinner, helping to uh, prevent any further escalation of conflict, the angels have uh, granted me some authority to give you some items. Uh, for you, uh, I believe your name is. Uh, it just says. Uh, there's no last name here. It just says Drifter. Yes. Is that um, that's not a name? <laughs> All right. Okay, Artemis. All right. Well, you know, I. <laughs> Artemiser. All right. I, I, uh, Are we all going to have to defend nothing. our names? Jifter says okay. nothing I, I, admit, I, I, I kind of step in and say, all right, you don't need to be all. I admit I, I started the, the the name thing, and I yes. apologize. I'm sorry. It was unfair of me. We Jifter. accept your apology. What's okay. your last name, Artemis? Let's not yes. talk about it. Is it foul? Oh. Uh, because you t- are. She smells <laughs> foul. Oh, Double oh. joke. I'm not. I really don't like. Maybe take I a feel like I, I, you know, I feel like I'm doing a lot of good work for you guys here. And I'm feeling <laughs> really attacked right now. I'm sorry. Um, well, for uh, a man like yourself, we have this item here. He takes out a uh, beautifully ornate metal hand. So uh, it kind of you know covers your hand and also to your like arm. It's like a gauntlet. I mean, it, there's like a slot for a deck of cards, you know. There's like the suits on each of the knuckles, um, you know, clubs, spades, hearts, diamonds. It says, this is the gambler's gauntlet. Now, um, it has three major properties. Number one is an ability called pick a card. You can draw three cards from this deck. They produce a random effect. I can't possibly tell you what they do. You can do that three times a day. It also has a once a day ability, which is called a hand cannon where the, the, the fist will shoot out a blast like a cannon. It'll either deal, it'll deal a decent amount of damage, but in terms of, mechanically speaking, it deals 3d8, or it deals 4d6, or it deals 2d12, and it pushes enemies back. Uh, the last ability it has is a little ability called Nimble Fingers. And you see this glove is actually quite intelligent. It, 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 when removed, it can actually move on its own using its fingers. And it kind of can operate small and easy tasks, you know, like opening a door or, you know, picking something up, like stealing it or maybe throwing something fairly small, you know, pushing a button, that kind of a deal. All right. Well, I appreciate it. No problem. Um, okay. How about next, Chosh? Uh, Chosh, um, there's uh, no, no last name on the sheet. Uh, you know that it is uh, essential that you put this down. Um, what is your last name, Chosh, please? Uh, that's Light. L-I-G-H-T. Yeah, okay. Light. I'll put you down. You know how many light... You know how many paladins here are named light? It's Uh, ridiculous. I know they're no relation. None of them have any relation to each other. I swear they changed their name. All right, Chosh. I resent the accusation that I changed my name. Well, Chosh, I have for you here, uh, unfortunately, no fancy sword. But we do have this wonderful shield for you. It's called the Shield of Faith. He brings out this beautifully ornate, like, gold-encrusted shield. There's, like, 
five gemstones uh, that kind of form like a wheel spoke in a way. And in the middle of it is a larger kind of like amber gemstone. He says, now this shield's interesting. You can either have it block physical attacks or, you know, non-physical attacks. So it can either uh, shield you more with uh, armor or it can give you resistance to things like flames or uh, ice or magic. Um, additionally, it has another ability. You can throw this shield. Any of the damage you, uh, non-physical damage you absorb, like fire damage, for instance, uh, gets absorbed in the shield and it is dealt when you hit them with the shield toss ability. And lastly, there's the last ability of this, which is the sphere of faith. Uh, the shield can generate a sort of aura, like a, like a sphere, like it, the name implies, that can protect you and people within about five feet standing next to you. So it's like a 15-foot sphere diameter. And it gives you all the bonuses of the shield, of both uh, protection from physical and from uh, non-physical attacks. All right. Uh, and last here on this list, I have, I have uh, Lola. Uh, Lola, you also did not fill out your last name on this sheet. What well, is, what... I don't know. I, I was not presented with a sheet, so I, I, do, I do not know who was responsible for that. But my name is Lady Lola. <laughs> my name is Lola Lockhart. All right. That is my full name. Though oh. you may call me Lola, dear. Uh, all right, let me write that down as well. All right. Well, uh, Lola, um, we have for you here its little uh, interesting trinket. Um, he gestures to kind of like a carpet bag. It almost looks identical to your current carpet bag. Hmm. Well, I, I needn't have another bag, but thank you very much, Artemis. Well, well, you see, this is a little different. This is called the Beast Bag. Hmm. I named it myself. You see, uh, it, it, it works like a... Well, here, just try picking it up. Okay, so I kind of walk on over to it and pick um, it as up you by as its you handles. try to pick it up by its handle, it's the 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 lip of it opens and you see a bunch of teeth and it snaps at your hand. Ah! He says, "Oh, sorry, I forgot to transfer ownership here." He gives you a slip of paper. Says, "This will allow you to access the bag now." What if I lose it? Well, you'll be in, well. You'll have to give it to somebody else. It remains in your custody till you give it to somebody. Ah, so I could rip it up. You could, but I I mean, then you could never hand it down to someone. <laughs> All right. What if I keep it in the bag? You could do that. Can sure. I can I use it as? Is it just a, a pet? What do I do? Yeah. With it? So it, it kind of works like a familiar would. You know, it can walk on its own. It can climb walls. It can swim. Oh. You know. Um, it also has some other abilities. It can. Uh, you know. Well, as you just saw, it has some defense capabilities. Yes. It can bite. It has. Uh, uh, it can spring kind of like tentacles to grab people. What? Yeah. It's what? A, it's a whole bunch of different monsters. I've been uh, experimenting. <laughs> Um, oh. oh, yeah, and also it... Jolly well done. Oh, also, it works... It looks like a, an ordinary bag. I know, it does. Well, it I mean... fetching, actually. I, I know. I, I just be careful with it, you know. Uh, should Make sure to feed it regularly. Oh, yeah, also... What does it, it eat? Oh, you know. Lots of things. What? Oh, you'll does figure it eat it my stuff? No, no, no. It eats what animals. What do I do? Just be careful with it. It tends to Flesh. eat... Flesh. I mean, <laughs> it eats animals. Clearly. It eats magical... It eats magic. I mean, it eats a lot of things. Just be careful with it. It, it knows not to eat your things. Don't worry. It also yeah. works as like an infinite storage container. You know, oh. just call an object from it and you can take it out. Oh, nice. If you write... Oh, on that slip that I just gave you, if you write other people's names on it, they'll be able to access the bag too. Hmm. And... So like, for instance, if uh, if you don't give Josh access, it might uh, it might take off his hand. Please give me access. Uh, but yeah, there you guys go. I thought that would, uh, does that uh, appeal to you all? Uh, one last question. Sure. What is its name? I, I said it's the Beast Bag. Doesn't it have a name? Oh, well, I uh, I never thought about that. I, I guess you can name it then. Okay. I, uh, 
kind of tentatively walk closer to it, and I, I put my hand toward it, near its handles, near the opening. It, it doesn't respond. Just waits. I, I stroke it. Um, kind of like, Probably. kind of like purrs, you oh. know. But it has like a weird kind of like guttural purring. Like it's like if a dragon was purring. It's a strange oh. sensation. I'm going to name you Edgar. Um, it, how do you it, know it's a boy back? How do you know that's a boy name? It barks happily. Oh my God. <laughs> it barks happily. <laughs> it kind of sticks out its tongue. And it like licks you your like hand. Edgar? Oh, what a sweet little bear. It then sprouts six kind of crab legs and oh. uh, starts like kind of walking oh, kind of poorly that? up oh. next to you, like rubbing up next to your leg. Oh, and Then it sprouts an alligator tail and uh, oh. like wraps that around your leg. Oh. Doesn't what have any cutie. eyes, so it's very disturbing. Oh, I'm not going to continue to stroke it. Please keep that bag in a different <laughs> tent from mine. I'm going to put my current bag into You Edgar. put your current bag, it, 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 uh, it, it swallows it. Hey, ooh, is that good? Was that all good? Wait, all of the contents of that bag are no. safe, right? Yeah, they're fine. You weren't <laughs> feeding it, to my knowledge. <laughs> Tasty. Oh, good, good bag. Okay, great. We'll assume there's like a command word for it to like work as a bag. You know. Okay. Okay. What do I, bag. To you. Bag. bag. Artemis. Yes. <laughs> Artemis. It, bag. Make, Artemis. The Artemis is the command word. <laughs> no, please. The, it's the command word is bag. God damn it, Artemis! And that's that opens it as a bag. <laughs> no, what is? What, it, it's, just, it just say bag. It'll be a bag. Say bag. Yeah. What if I say? It has to be your voice or somebody who owns it, though. So don't worry about it. Bag. It's a bag. Yay! Good job. I'll pick. I'll, I'll pick up Edgar. Okay, you pick up Edgar. Yay. What if you it's use got legs? Word? You don't have to carry it. Yeah, you don't have to carry it at all. Oh, but I, I want to. All right. Well, Sigrid speaks to you, and he says, Well, everyone, everyone's got their things. You all ready to set out? Unfortunately, Captain Malabar appears to have already set off, so we had to find uh, other means of transport. We'll be taking the train this time around. Should, should be a fairly uneventful trip, and I assume we'll uh, arrive in a day or so. I think that's precisely what you said. To be fair, Sigrid, that is precisely what you said on the, the voyage to the capital. Preceding the voyage, so. Well, thank you, Lola. I really appreciate the vote of confidence. <laughs> oh, as always, dear. Now, we do have only a certain limited number of these first class tickets. It'd be, you know, it'd be a shame if one of us wasn't able to join us in first class. Well, I, I don't know who that is, but I'm certainly as accompanying you on the f- first class. As the arbiter of diligence, I think it's only natural that I should be in first class. <laughs> yeah, I'll stick around a little bit longer. No, you need to come with us, Drifter. You can't just leave us. No, I still stick around with... Oh, in first class? Yeah, with the group. Oh, 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 all of you. Lots of you. Oh, I only have three tickets, and, uh... Well, someone's got to be with Brock, Robin, and Hildy. I'm not going to be back there. Well, uh, you'll have to work it out amongst yourselves, then. I, 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 so I was confusing this whole conversation that you just started. Oh, no, I apologize. This is, uh, who's getting these first class tickets? I'll sit in the back. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who did you say was going to be in the back? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hildy, Brock, and, uh, Robin. I think I will take... Drifter, you've earned... Yeah, Drifter, don't you want to spend some quality time with me? I mean, you only have about, what is this, your last job, I suppose? Alright, I'll stick in first class. Uh, don't die back there, hey, Josh? Hmm. I won't. Have... Have a jolly old time, dear. Jolly old time, then. Don't don't worry about me. We end. Well, we never do, except when you almost die. Well, when you do die, uh, then I'm we a... worry about you. I'm fine now. We end with the scene. <laughs> we end with the scene. All of you are boarding this train. 
Brock, Hildy, and Robin are all getting into a second-class area uh, where the seats, you know, face each other. There's other people. They don't really have their own cabins kind of a deal. For Lola, Drifter, and Siegfried, you all have this uh, very spacious, luxury, first-class cabin all to yourself. What do you, what do you just do as, like, a, as the train just starts getting in motion? Uh, Drifter, he's, at a, he's at a, looking in a notebook, and he's just looking at a page full of differently... Uh, different versions of this eye drawing. He's clearly trying to get it right. Like, he's just been drawing it over and over. Okay. Lola, what are you doing? And I think I'll just kind of gaze out my window, looking as the capital grows smaller and smaller, farther and farther away. And uh, from Edgar, I produce the bullets, and I just kind of shift them around in my, my hands, kind of looking at them now and then, and looking back at the shimmering golden capital. I think Siegfried spends his time idly um, twirling. Maybe he's anxious, but he's twirling the little trophy he received from the first trial, that little um, glass vial with the black viscous liquid in it. Hmm. And he just kind of twirls that between his fingers absentmindedly. What are you doing, Chosh? So Chosh is facing Hildy because he couldn't possibly work up the courage to actually sit next to her. Sure. (laughs) And, uh... He's, like, doing that thing where he talks loudly. He's, like, talking loudly with Robin, mm-hmm. trying to have a conversation that's interesting enough for someone else to want <laughs> to get in on. Aww. So he's like, oh. What is the conversation? Yeah. You know, it's something along the lines of, oh, it, you know, it, it, it was no big deal being dead. You know, I just I just played uh, I just played an old, old game with my dead headmaster, and uh, it, we had a grand old time. So, you know, if you have any questions about the afterlife, Robin, or anyone else, uh, then uh, lay them on me. Robin kind of chuckles at that. I'll definitely ask you some questions I got about that. And she kind of snickers and Brock kind of snickers because they both really know what you want. And Hildy's like, well, I don't get it. What's so funny? Tell me. Tell me. Um, and th- this is kind of how the trip goes. Uh, them teasing you and Hildy being oblivious. And I think I think Josh actually likes that in a way. He like he likes being on the outside of a joke with Hildy, being in the same sort of social Aww. group. Mm-hmm. And this all happens as the train slowly leaves the station and starts rolling off towards the toxic jungle. Join us again for another exciting episode of Tabletop Theater in Episode 7, The Toxic Jungle.